Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, there is a question that has been captivating the attention of the Christian culture for more than a decade, and that is, where are you experiencing God? Well, it has definitely been more than a decade because that was a question when we met 13 years ago that we asked each other because both of us had just uh, recently done that study, Experiencing God. And I remember us both separately, we didn't even know each other, had said, okay, that one stumped us. Yeah. (laughs) Because we both said when we both read it that we were going, hmm, where am I experiencing God? Well, and I I wrote about that in the um, postcard this week that filling out that that study guide and going through that one question alone in the Experiencing God workbook, I had to leave blank over and over and over again. Uh, But that single question truly transformed my relationship with Christ. And what's interesting is when you share that story, which when we've been speaking in different places, um, we will talk about that book and how many people will come up to us afterwards and say, I went through that same study guide. And that question really did make me have to stop and think. So what's so funny is when you're going through it, I felt like, wow, I am such uh, on the spirit, my spiritual walk with the Lord. I am so immature to the point that I'm not even really taking the time to look for God sightings and I'm not really joining him. And all of these fabulous things that are taking place. And, you know, as you're reading, experiencing God going, what are my stories? Where am I fitting in to, to God's story? And it, it, it's mind blowing to realize so many other people went through that same experience. Well, and it is a question that we all have to think about because I really want my faith to be fluid where I don't have to think back and go, well, three months ago or last year, (laughs) I saw him do this, but it's like when, when somebody Daily. asks you, where are you seeing God working? Mm-hmm. Where are you experiencing him? That you can give an answer and go, you won't believe what God did. Well, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more about um, information about our show today and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, well, our first guest today is Melissa Hoffmeister, who among her many roles finds herself a significant part of the ministry of Bloom. And Bloom is a network of girlfriends that we just, we literally adore yes. them. Um, Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for church planters' spouses so they can provide the same for their families, staffs, and churches. And Bloom is a part of, an, uh, of a larger organization and ministry called Stadia. And Stadia is bringing people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planning. And they literally are throughout the world and going and constantly 
constantly taking trips and, and introducing people to where God is really working in so many places around the world. Where for the past five years, Melissa has been on staff with Stadia, where she helps people walk through the church planning assessment process and organizes events for church planners to connect. Melissa is passionate about the local church and helped her husband launch Lake Point Church just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin last October. She was named one of Christian standards. This is quite a significant achievement. Top 40 leaders under 40 this year. As a mother of three boys, she also spends a lot of her time in sword fights and on the basketball <laughs> court, which is also very significant. Well, Melissa, we want to welcome you to Girlfriend It today. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you, and you are just truly one of those dynamic leaders who is experiencing God uh, and through your various roles. And we just really want to, we're, we're looking forward to diving into the conversation with you and just hearing how you experience God. You know, and a lot of times we're trying, we look for, it has to be in the extraordinary moments of life that we experience God. But so many times it is just in the ordinary moments of life, whether mm-hmm. we're on the basketball court and waving a, a sword with our kids, that we truly get to experience God. So from your many angles uh, and, and just your involvement with the whole church planning, which is such a huge movement right now um, and, and such a network of, of uh, pastors and, and their wives and the, just a network of churches, tell us about how you got into that journey, you and your husband, of starting a church and, and recently starting a church like last October. Yeah, well, I just feel like God has shaped um, this path from early on. I grew up in a in a Christian home, and my parents really modeled um, the fact that God called the local church to live out his mission. And so even though we walked through some church splits and sin and disappointment, um, they really showed me that the local church is how we reach people in everyday life and allow ourselves to be trained up and encouraged and to go out and do that in our communities. And so that's just been a part of my childhood, and now um, I can see that God placed me um, in my role in Stadia to learn even more about church planting. And as we thought about planting our own church, um, just the understanding that um, God does work in your everyday life uh, was a was really the foundation of starting a new church. We wanted Lake Point. Um, their theme is helping people connect with Jesus in everyday life through everyday relationships, and so we encourage um, people to just look for those everyday um, God sightings and and then talk about how do we unpack what that looks like. Well, I, I love how you talked about that your your parents, that they were just faithful and you were able to see how they went through church splits and, you know, just sin and disappointments. Um, I think that's so significant, and especially, I mean, I, I look at that and go, that's probably why you hit the top 40 leaders under 40, because once you see and experience um, just the yuckiness of life, then you know how to deal with that kind of conflict. You know how to go forward and move forward through those disappointments. It doesn't surprise you and catch yes, you off guard. Yes, because you know God is bigger than this. And I think so many times that's where we get hung up on because we we see the sin, we see the splits that are taking place, and it's so easy to go, I, I just can't even move forward through through the hurt. 
But when you've seen how um, others have role, been such great role models through the hurt, then you know, okay, this is what it takes to conquer the mountain. So I love that you talked about that, how you do have to model the body of Christ through all of that. What has been... Yeah, I think it's anything, important. Has anything surprised you as you've gone into this? Like, Because, you know, we talk about, um, you know, seeing the even the disappointments, the church splits, the ugliness of, of, you know, the Christian culture and the local church. And I, I don't think you can be in ministry very long without experiencing that. And, and in fact, yesterday I just talked to a group of, of, of interns that are going into ministry just uh, in the role of a pastor's wife and just doing ministry. And some of the things I wish I would have known going into it on the front end, but just to prepare you mentally for the challenges and, and, if you are in ministry, and I think in anything in life that you're doing, whether it's inside, outside the church walls, you do carry some scars from just getting beat up and the challenges of it and just comes with the territory. And once you realize that, that we all have scars, it, it makes you feel like, okay, I didn't necessarily do something wrong mm-hmm. or I'm not the only one that feels this way. And, and, it, and it's easier because you're more mentally prepared going forward. You're not so quick to abandon the cause. Yeah, I think if we have that mindset of how am I growing out of this pain and how is God using that um, to help me minister to the next person, we can just um, rejoice in his sufferings. Like I always laugh at how many biblical things um, are logical, but our hearts don't want to accept that logic. And so, um, yeah, I just hold to that truth that he grows us through that. And and when you... um, when you've learned that firsthand, I think it's a lot easier to understand the next time it comes up. Well, what is one thing you would say that you have really learned through this process? Because we do learn best in community and relationship and hearing other people's stories. What is something that you would really have learned that you, that was a challenge, but you saw God and you experienced God through it? I think, Probably the largest challenge is we have these grandiose visions of what our church could be, what our community could be, what our family could start and be involved in, and to just step back in the quiet of the morning and say, God, where are you moving today? And to join him in today's work and allow that to unpack because our dreams and our visions don't always line up to what God's plan was for um, for that dream. And so accepting where he's working and being able to rejoice in it makes for a much funner life. <laughs> and so that's um, definitely something I've learned over the year. That That's interesting when you mention accepting where he's working. And we have two minutes before we go into our commercial break. So I, I just would like to ask you, how do you, what would be a tip for our, li- our listeners to explain how do you accept that? Because so many times we can get really caught up in hey, what's your six-month plan? What's your one-year goal? What's your, you know, five-year strategy? And all of a sudden, God starts taking you down a, a different path. So um, what a, what's a tip that you've been able, in your experience, to go, okay, God, this five-year strategy that I had isn't matching up with your five-year strategy. <laughs> how, how do you make that happen? Um, I really turn to um, celebrating, writing down, celebrating the simple things that have happened in the last week or last month that either line up to that goal or were outside of anything I could have dreamed. Because 
when we have a thankful heart for what God has brought into our lives, um, our disappointments just fall to the back of um, any plan that would be good for me. He always comes through with something greater than I could plan. So I think just stepping through what can I celebrate and, and communicating that, sharing that with someone else. And celebrating is something we often forget mm-hmm. to do Absolutely. because we're so quick to move on to the next thing mm-hmm. and something else is screaming for our attention. So that is really a great tip is, you know, take a moment, breathe, pause mm-hmm. and celebrate where God is working in, in the little things. Even that, daily. Yeah. And the little things, because so many times we think it yeah. has to be this big, huge celebration. Well, we are going to take a quick break and continue yeah. our conversation with Melissa Hoffmeister. And here's a quote. According to Rob Jacobs, leaders are creators and curators of culture. You are not just planning a church. You are planning a culture. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back and, and are enjoying our conversation with our girlfriend, Melissa Hoffmeister, who uh, we're kind of talking today about experiencing God and where are we seeing God working even in the ordinary moments of life. And Melissa, you 
have many roles and you wear many hats. And you, like we said earlier, you were recently recognized as one of the top 40 leaders under 40, according to Christian Standard. And that is just a huge accomplishment and, and very significant. How are you, you know, using your leadership? Through, I know you're working with Stadia, you're on staff, and you, you, um, you work with the, the, their assessment process. Can you kind of explain how you are using your leadership and joining God where he is working? Yeah, that would be great. I have enjoyed working with Stadia. It has grown exponentially in the last five years. And I think that's where I get to use my leadership the most is really transitioning from an organization um, planting just a few churches a year to we're looking at 40, 60, 100 in the next three years around the globe per year. And so to do that, we've had to change our processes, look at um, how we're doing assessment for our planters to make sure we're getting qualified, healthy leaders in those roles, how are we able to collect funding from different network partners or local churches um, to fund these church plants. So to go from a small-scale organization to something that's just exploding is really exciting. But um, it challenged me as a leader to really understand um, what my role is in that. And um, assessment has been a niche for me. We receive over 200 applications from church planters each year, and it's my job to look through their experience. We do some online profiling, um, and then we... We believe that a healthy family is what it takes to lead a church, and so we send both the spouse and the planter to a formal assessment where they have some psychological testing, group dynamic testing. Um, it's pretty intense uh, process to go through, but our success rate because of that is over 90% of healthy, sustaining churches. That's kind of what I've gotten to walk through. I always laugh when they do the psychological testing because if you're um, truly sold out on doing a church plant, you can't be that normal. (laughs) 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 You have to have a little crazy in you. Come on. You have to admit. (laughs) (laughs) They do have a whole set of questions for crazy church planters. So (laughs) girls would fit right in. (laughs) <laughs> we we like crazy. We we so relate to crazy. But how? What a great thing to really because you know back years ago. I mean, I think the assessment process is rare, is fairly new to really. Like you said, how do we raise up healthy leaders? Because doing church work, doing any kind of work, it it's it's difficult. It's challenging. You like you said earlier, you go into this grand vision and you go to these big dreams and then the realities of life and, and of people <laughs> um, enter in the picture and it you can get off course very easily. And that's one thing that is it's so great that like especially with Stadia and with Bloom, that you provide that network that surrounds church planners and their spouses so you don't feel alone. It is so easy to feel alone out there, especially in leadership and in ministry, um, no matter what you're doing. So it is really is significant what you guys are providing. So what are some tips that you you guys are just like a year into the burn with starting your church from your point of view as working on staff with Stadia and from your point of view as a church planter's wife, what are some tips you would give to encourage other planter's wives? If they're just starting their journey or just into it, are people entering ministry going, I have these high expectations and I'm so excited, but all of a sudden they're starting to encounter the realities. What are some things you would say to encourage them? 
I really have found having a, a support network is key. Two or three women specifically outside of your ministry, whether that's a different church, different style of um, ministry within your church where your leadership doesn't overlap, um, just to, having that allows you to normalize some of the things that you're going through as a leader, um, as well as looking at your goals from a, just a kingdom perspective. Share the life change stories. Share, you know, Jane wasn't attending church. Now she's serving coffee on Sundays. Or Beth came to my jewelry swap party, which was intentionally planned to meet some people far from God. And now, four months later, she's been baptized. By constantly sharing those really personal life change stories, you keep your perspective on Jesus rather than numbers and financing and programming. That's what it's all about. Okay, Melissa, so we're going to dive in there with the, the question of, of the decade. What is your story? What, where have you been experiencing God in the last week? Uh, I've experienced him in so many ways. Probably the sweetest one was with my son last night as I was tucking him in. I said, guys, hey, I get to do this great radio program with some girlfriends of mine tomorrow but I'm a little nervous and my oldest son said mom God's with you why would you ever be nervous and those are the sweet times as a mom that I hold on to we're looking forward to today being trick-or-treat where we live (laughs) and just being able to um, reconnect with some neighbors that we met um, earlier this summer and we wrote down their names and we know who um, a little bit of their story, and we hope to build on that today. Always from the mouth of babes. I mean, truly, if we could um, really trust in God the way exactly what He was saying, like why would you? Why would you worry? God, God's in this with you, and yet we have to kind of control it a little bit ourselves. And as much as we um, we we think intellectually, I'm trusting in God, and yet emotionally and sometimes physically the nerves <laughs> we're not completely handing it it over because it's so hard the as you get older in your adult life you you kind of lose that that ultimate childlike faith of truly just handing it over to the lord so that's a great story just in those little things well and melissa yeah, great. great to have them around <laughs> absolutely well kate well in you know as as entering into ministry and your role, you know, just professionally um, with Stadia and as, as the wife, just the relationship part, like you just said, is so key from from a networking standpoint to have that support group in the community. But even in your local community there in Wisconsin, how do you intentionally uh, work? You know, make relationships with women because a lot of times when, we, when Patty and I are talking with women, women don't initiate a conversation. They don't initiate getting together. They're, we're always waiting for somebody to ask us first. And that's one of the things we try to tell people is initiate. Don't wait for the ask. You do the asking. What are some ways, some tips you would give? So if somebody just wants, I need to really engage more and, and make that happen. What are some simple, you gave some like the jewelry and stuff, but how have you established relationships with women in your own community? I'm bringing them alongside me in my everyday life um, is probably the best way. We're all balancing time. Um, 
So certain Saturdays, I just plan to do some cooking ahead, which I have to do for my family anyway. And I invite one woman that I really would like to get to know more um, to do that with me. So I buy double of everything I would normally buy, and she'll show up on Saturday morning, and we'll just cook together. So I'm able to get Mm -hmm. something done I have to do, um, but also develop a, a deeper relationship with a woman. And that's a great way especially to reach out to single moms. Um, in my life, another way has been um, just calling a couple other pastors' wives. Um, I have a lunch or dinner scheduled. Um, another pastor's wife actually initiated with me um, for next week, and so to build a relationship over dinner, just having that on the calendar has been really something to look forward to. That is such a great tip. I know Lisa and I. We always get together with people to cook dinners. <laughs> that is not happening. We are not the culinary queen. So don't. Yeah. No, but I, I do love that tip. I agree. We're so busy in our lives. And I know um, Lisa and I have laughed at some of the things that we've had um, just in those relationships. I literally, one gal came over and helped me paint my house or, uh, you know, go run with them, go do things just in your daily life. Patty is all about cheap labor. So, she, you know, whenever <laughs> she can maximize it. That, you know, that, and, you know, she does that in the name of ministries. It's I'm very great at bathrooms, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrificing for Jesus, you know? Well, I have a question for you. Just uh, as being recognized, I'm going to change the subject. As the as a being recognized as one of the top leaders, uh, top 40 under 40. And, you know, it's interesting. Just Patty so you know, and I, you're going to give her a really big head because we I just know. keep saying it over I know. and over again. Okay. I know. As, as two, we only have two minutes, so we're going to have to talk really fast here. But I really want to hear this from your perspective. Obviously, we are two women that are over 40. We won't say how much, just barely over 40. Um, from your perspective as the under 40, which I hate that distinction, what are some things our generation, our need to know that it's significant to you guys in leadership and in connecting. What does that look like? And we only have less than two minutes, so go. I think our generation is hungry for mentored women. I think um, a lot of the women 40 to 60 are working women now and are very busy and have families of their own, but um, we are hungry for you to speak words of wisdom into our lives to take us out for coffee, to just um, say well done, to give um, corrective feedback when needed. We, As much as we puff up and are excited about what we're doing inside, we're still insecure and just want to know that we're on the path that God has planned for us and that you can see that. And that is a great tip and a great answer. And I think you know, so many times as women, as they get older, they don't think they still have any relevance to them and that the younger ones, the younger generation, even hey, when they hey, hear from hey, them, hey, I'm talking hey. women older than us, okay? <laughs> way older than us. And it really is about, you know, the generations coming together and, and completing each other and pouring into each other because yes. we all, every generation has something to offer the other ones. If we can just keep that in mind. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been delightful. And just great um, tips and insight. So we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we return, we'll continue our conversation about experiencing God and joining him with Richard Blackaby, president of Blackaby Ministries International. You might have heard of his dad, Henry Blackaby, who was the author of Experiencing God. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our topic today, discussing how are you experiencing God? And um, that, just going back to the, the Titus woman, um, it's interesting because I was talking to my sister on the phone this morning and we were saying that, how, how quickly all of a sudden you're on that other side of where you, in your mind, you think you're right out of college and now, still in your thirties. Yeah. Well, no, I'm still out of college. Okay. Out of college. I, I guess I'm older. I'm in my thirties. <laughs> and how, um, when I was in my thirties, I remember a woman, um, who, now that I think about it, she was probably my, well, she's a little bit older than I am now, but Linda Strom, remember? Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying something to you and I, and I don't know, it's like she looked into our core uh, when she was just talking about doing ministry. And she said, um, you, experiencing, you experience God when you see how God uses the wounded to do ministry. And I remember just how one little nugget that you get from, you know, that next generation that has really stayed with me. And when we're building teams, when we're putting, you know, teams together, and there's many times where it would be easy to maybe judge them with their unhealthiness or go, Oh, I don't really know. Um, they seem very wounded and which, which you do have to have that discernment and take that all in, but how the, that sentence, um, really had an impact on us where we were able to from then on go, okay, but God does use the wounded. And we were able to see how God transforms their life 
while they're wounded and maybe needing to get healthy, but how when they are doing ministry, how um, God just pours into them. Absolutely. I just, I, I look back on that and I go, okay, now you just pray that you can pass that, that baton on and be able to give it to the next generation rather than feeling, like you said, you start feeling inadequate. You start feeling like the next generation um, doesn't need your information. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, I just want to say it is such a privilege um, to have our next guest, Richard Blackaby, who is the president of Blackaby Ministries International. And Richard lives in Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina, and travels internationally speaking on spiritual leadership in the home, church, and marketplace, speaking on spiritual awakening, experiencing God, and the Christian life. Well, Richard regularly ministers to, which I think is so cool, um, Christian CEOs and business leaders as well. So welcome, Richard. We are so excited to have you on the show today. It's good to be with you. Well, um, we've been talking about you behind your back, just so you know. We're, we're letting you know. <laughs> well, it's not the first time. <laughs> And uh, just how much um, your your father's book, Experiencing God, has really had such an impact um, on our lives uh, in the last couple of decades just from um, reading that book. And there's so many things that we want to talk to you about. But I just, on a personal level, I have to dive in before we get started and just ask you, what was it like having Henry Blackaby as your father? Well, uh, you know... Um... We uh, we we like to joke that he at one point he had four teenage. I can say well he was, and is certainly the greatest man of God that we know, and uh, you know it's uh, it's a privilege you, you don't get to choose who your parents are uh, you you know we're all sort of given or take what we're given, but um, we certainly always felt very fortunate that our parents were people that uh, related to God like he was more than just a doctor, but he was a real person and a very powerful person that was involved in our lives. And uh, and so that had a profound influence on each of the kids. And uh, certainly to this day, so much of what we do in our lives is inspired by what we saw and in, in the way our parents fought with God as we were growing up in their home. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, when when you come from, you know, like you said, we don't get to pick our parents and uh, we definitely don't get to pick our kids either. Um, but <laughs> on, a, on a nice note, uh, just coming from the, the whole Blackaby, you know, family, it's it's easy just to get caught up in that's just normal having um, this relationship with Christ and uh, just it's, it's it's so daily. Um, when did you feel that your relationship with Christ truly became personal versus just, this is just what we do? Yeah. You know, there were certain moments as a child growing up, you know, I was, I had no real choice about going to church and certain things, um, as a child, but, uh, but there were certain moments where, you know, I, the lights just seemed to come on in my life. And, uh, I realized, uh, you know, this is right. This is true. This is, um, I want to do this, and uh, certainly my first year of university was a, a watershed moment in my life where, you know, now I was an adult and I could make a lot of my own choices, and, and really the first uh, little first semester of 
college for me was a bit of a drifting time where I I wasn't I was necessarily rebelling, but I was you know I was trying to decide okay what what's going to motivate my life and uh, is it just going to be pleasing my parents or um, am I going to be driven by having a good time? What is mm-hmm. it that uh, is going to be the motivator of my life? And I, I had a very a couple of very profound moments where God uh, helped me settle that issue, and uh, I, I I came to realize, no, this God that my parents have talked about all my life, He's real, and uh, and He doesn't want to talk to me through my parents. He's He, he wants to walk with me personally, the same way He's walked with my parents. And so you know, I think certainly like a lot of kids when they're teenagers and into college and high school, uh, that's such a proving ground where so much mm-hmm. of what we heard at home is, is tested and, and we make some decisions about whether it's going to be real for us or not. Well, do you feel that, I mean, you, you're basically talking about like you recalibrated your compass, you know, probably in, in college. Um, do you feel that you've had a, another time like that since college? Well, you know, maybe not whether I believed uh, God was real, that I, that I was going to follow him. But, uh, you know, there's certain moments, I think, just stages of life. I, I think I wrote a book a year or so ago about just the seasons of God that we go through in, I, in our own life. And I mm-hmm. I think there are certain seasons where you, maybe it's when you start having kids of your own or when you start a, your career. Or maybe it's when you uh, are let go of a job or crisis comes, there's just certain watershed moments mm-hmm. where I think really God just takes your walk with him up another notch. And um, I mean, you can't stay where you are anymore. You either reject it, you either close some things down that God's initiating in your life, or you take him by the hand and he takes you to another level. And, and just periodically, I think through some of the jobs I've had, some of the challenges I've faced, some of the challenges I've faced uh, trying to lead in my home and help my kids navigate their challenges has driven me to a place where I realized I, I couldn't keep parenting or leading or living at the same level I had been so far. Okay, I have a, a personal question. This was actually um, a, a gal sent um, an email in asking to ask you this question. Uh, uh, first of all, do you use a like an Experiencing God um, family study guide at home with your family? And also, um, she wanted to know the the teen version of experiencing God. Would that work as a family devotion at home? That was a two part question. Well, you know, uh, yeah. Well, those are good questions. Um, you know, there's a part of there's some great studies out there and some great devotions, and uh, that we our our ministry just had a new uh, devotional uh, book that is just just hot off the press that's uh, come out, uh, and uh, that's good for young kids and so on. But um, but there's also, you know, I, I would say over the course of um, uh, raising our kids that I don't know that we necessarily used, a, you know, one devotional that I'd say we just kept going back to. Um, we, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. There's some are really helpful and good, but uh, we, you know, I, I think we were trying to make um, – we, we tried just to have a lot of moments with our family where we talked about the Word of God and we tried to apply it to life. For us, a lot of times that was even around the dinner table and just trying to bring up things that God had done or uh, talking with the kids about what happened at school and then trying to apply that to the truths of uh, Scripture. And so, um, 
you know, I, I've I know some families that are, are much more regimented than we were. Um, I traveled a lot, and uh, so I was away. Uh, you know, a lot of times during the week, and it kind of disrupted a lot of our routines. And so, at least for me as a father, uh, I was always trying to seize moments, driving our kids somewhere, or eating at the table, sort of like Isaiah or Deuteronomy six talks about, just. As you go uh, in the house, sitting down or mm-hmm. walking along the road, um, you know, take those moments. Because I've known a lot of families that were very good about a set 30-minute time in the evenings or first thing in the morning, but they missed all kinds of opportunities throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would just say, you know, it's great if you can do both. But, um, but you know, this, God will, will orchestrate all kinds of uh, opportunities throughout the day to just uh, bring up, uh, and I guess that's what I, I appreciate about my parents was they kept relating the devotional thoughts and scriptures to everyday life, and not just a, a set family time every evening. And so, it, to me, it, it really incorporated not just the Bible. This is our Bible time, but my my family kept showing me how the Bible related to everything we were experiencing throughout the day, and uh, so that was helpful. I. Um, we're, we're actually we're talking as far as the experience in God for teens. We're uh, we're, get, we're actually talking with the publishers right now about um, changing that. Um, there's an interactive study that's been out for quite a while that probably is going to get phased down soon. But uh, but my if you, if you have teenagers or or younger preteens, my uh, my two sons just wrote a, a a new version of Seven Steps to Knowing and Experiencing God. God's mm. will for your life. It, it just mm. came out a few months ago, along with my brother Tom, and uh, that's a very up-to-date um, book that just walks through the different ways to know God's will for your life and His purpose, and uh, some funny stories in there, but then just some really great teaching as well. And so, uh, if uh, I, I would just uh, suggest to the person that called in, if uh, if they'd like to use a, a source like that, it's written by Mike and. Uh, Daniel and Tom Blackaby, and it just came out this past year. It's brand new, but uh, some great stuff between a, a father my age and then uh, two two writers that are my kids' age. So sort of an intergenerational approach to young people knowing the will of God. And really can't think of a more important subject you could help your kids to be learning than how to hear God's voice and how to know what His will is for your life. Well, Richard, we're going to stop on that note, and we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and continue talking about experiencing God and taking Him out of a box. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready for Smart Health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. 
Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D., This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are back with Richard Blackaby, president of Blackaby Ministries. And uh, Richard is also an author of several books that we want to talk about here. One of them that you're you're actually writing right now with your daughter. But before we get into the, the latest books that have been out, um, Lisa and I, you should have seen us on this end. Um, this is why we do radio and not television, because... Um, <laughs> We, we're basically almost like talking to you out loud with our facial expressions as you were discussing uh, just doing life with your kids. And, and so many times we want to have that, that 30 minute, de, you know, devotion every night. And uh, I don't know, kind of like revisit the Walt, the Waltons where they sit around the fireplace and we're all discussing biblical <laughs> concepts. And, and then when you don't hit that mark, you feel like a failure as a parent, whereas, like you said, just applying it through the day, like you said, what it says in Deuteronomy, and um, I mean, that's awesome if you can have those family devotions, but especially as your kids get older, and they are in the teenage years, and you, you it's sad, but by the time you do sports and work, uh, many times you're not even sitting down dinner together, yet alone doing devotions together. Um, so just love that. Well, and you know, Richard, oh, it, my, you know, is... go ahead. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, you know, I, and I know it's a lot of parents who feel very guilty because we, we try to have this perfect kind of Christian family and then, uh, you know, shuttling kids to lessons and practices and appointments just so interferes with that. And then we, we feel so bad about ourselves, but and I remember at one point, my oldest son, Mike, was um, like a, probably a middle schooler. He'd come home from school, and uh, if I, when he became a teenager, I thought, well, I better be around for this child. So he's a new teenager. He's going to high school. So so I would uh, try to be home as much as I could when he got home, and I'd sit, I'd, I'd be positioned there at the island in the kitchen ready to talk. And I'd say, Mike, how, you know, how'd school go? And um, you know, I want to have this quality bonding time with him. And uh, and he'd give me these one-word sort of responses, and I'd ask, "What well, did you learn anything at school?" And one one-word response. And after trying uh, futilely for a while, he finally said, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna go up to my room now." And he would escape. And you know, I'm trying to have this bonding time, but but then uh, about eleven o'clock at night, I'd be in, I'd be going to bed, and 
exhausted, getting ready to go out and get up early the next morning, and suddenly my son would come waltzing into the room and jump on our king-size bed and want to talk. And then I'd be, you know, my first response was, well, why weren't you available at 4 o'clock this afternoon when I was at home and prepared to have a nice discussion? I had my Bible at the ready. I was ready to talk about life's issues, but now I'm in my pajamas in bed. And what God had to say to me is, Richard, you know, wise parents don't always get to choose their moments. Mm. And you can you can set a, a set time, and you can hope that your kids are all paying attention and alert and concentrating. But, you know, a lot of times uh, the, the way the Spirit of God's working in people's hearts, they're not ready when you are. You know, they're not ready when you have your set family time. So it's great to have them, and sometimes they will be available. But what God said to me was, now, if this is when your kid's ready to talk, uh wipe the sleep out of your eyes, get up, and start talking. So, uh, you know, I found that what was happening was because I sort of wanted the Spirit of God just to work in my set time that was on my calendar, and and God had to just let me know that especially when you're working with teenagers, you just let the Spirit of God alert you, let the light start flashing when he says, hey, Richard, this is your moment right here you've been waiting for. Get up, and your kid's now ready to talk to you. And uh, I realized earlier that I was missing too many of those moments because I was just focused on, my set agenda, and I just had to get in touch with what the Spirit was doing each day in our family life, and, and every day was different, so I had to be prepared for whatever God might want to do that day. Okay, once again, Lisa and I are fighting to ask you a question over here on this because <laughs> we are saying so many things here that, um, like you said, just your your own agenda because uh, your kids really do, are listening when, when you are talking, but it is funny when you want it on, on your time frame that this just happened to me this week where you, I've said something to my kids and you, you think that they're listening, but, and you hope and pray that they're listening, but it's funny when it, it comes back around where they're excited about something they just heard, but they heard it from someone else and you're like, wait. I've been saying that over and over again to you, but it's, it's always when the Holy Spirit is talking to them and it's not necessarily on your agenda. Well, and you made some great points because uh, being as a pastor's wife in a ministry, there is a lot of guilt in the Christian culture that we inflict on each other, especially in, in the realm oh, of yeah. parenting or, or, or whatever we do. And, and, you know, we want it to fit into a nice, neat box. And I just remember growing up and when my husband's a senior pastor now, but he was a youth pastor. And when our kids were younger, it was in that season and it was a very chaotic life. And Mm -hmm. we didn't have family dinners together and we didn't have all this. We just did ministry and we served and we had people in and out of our home. And so we were not typical. And I, we were judged a little bit because we didn't have the family dinners and the family structured devotion times. And we just did life and we taught them just through experiencing Mm -hmm. the ordinary moments and doing that. And, and both of our kids are in ministry today. And I attributed a lot of it to going back to what you said about you, even your dad, um, my husband was the same man on stage as he is at home. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't see two different people. And it's just living, your kids are watching you live just those ordinary moments. And in those conversations you have with each other, they're judging whether this is really real or not. And those are profound teachable moments that you just don't get in a textbook. And a lot of times we, in mm-hmm. the Christian culture, we want to relegate to a formula and if you do this, and if you do that, then you'll have this result. And we want to do that with, with our parenting. And that it doesn't work that way. So so appreciate you just addressing that. Because experiencing God, if you're really going to be in the moments with him, doesn't fit in any box. And it looks different for every person. So going back with, with you, and because you are so passionate about just the seasons of, you know, you have a book coming out, The Seasons of God. 
explain that a little bit because that kind of relates to because we we want to we want to lock into a season and then we want that to dictate the next part of our life instead of letting God fluidly move in our lives. So tell us a little bit about this book that you uh, that you are working on. Yeah, and this one came out uh, a few months ago, but it's, it's called The Seasons of God, How the Shifting Patterns of Your Life Reveal His Purposes for You. And there's a lot that could be said about but essentially, as I just began looking at, at how God has set life up, um, you know, if you look at nature, every year we go through four, at least in North America, we go through four seasons of spring, summer, fall, winter, and we know exactly what to expect each time. So when we're in fall, we, we know that the leaves are going to change. We know the temperature is going to start to cool. The geese are going to fly south and so on. We, there's lots of things we know are going to happen. Growth is going to slow down and stop. Uh, winter, we know what to expect. Summer, we know. Uh, and, you know, people that are successful in life, I've discovered, are people that recognize what season they're in. So, for instance, if, um, you know, springtime is a time for, for sowing and just planting seed. You don't expect a harvest in springtime. You you know, you're not disappointed at the end of a spring day when there's not ripe crops all ready to be harvested. But in life, I think we miss the seasons. I, I, I personally feel like what God does with us is He's always rotating us through those same four seasons. Um, not every, not necessarily within one calendar year, but there are spring times in our life where God initiates some new things. There's some winter times where God brings some things to a close. We're sort of just been through that uh, where you know, with springtime, God gives you. A, a new child in your home and everything's new, but there's a winter time comes when that child leaves home mm-hmm. and you're an empty nester and that, that parenting season is over, but there's always a new season then re- relating to adult children. And, um, you know, just in terms of, there's a lot of applications, whether you're talking about your career or your walk with God relationships. I think if you, I think if I were to sit down with, with you and just look at your life, we could determine right now whether your marriage, your your family's in a springtime of beginnings, maybe it's in a summertime of just maturing and labor and following through with what God started. Maybe it's a harvest time of, of autumn where, you know, you've been at it long enough now, you're starting to reap some of what you've sown and uh, and there's some maturing coming together and some fruit being produced. And, and sometimes there's winters where you know, it's not that what has happened is bad, but that season's drawing to a close, and God's getting ready to do something new. And you know, when it comes to parenting, one just one application is that what I found is that your your children are growing and they're maturing. You know, they're 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 moving on. And what I've seen a lot of parents do is um, we don't keep up with the growth rate of our kids. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what happens is I, I see parents who are awesome preschool parents. I mean, when their kids are preschoolers, they're awesome creative, they're fun, they're loving, they're gentle and kind, but their kids move on to become teenagers one day, and their parents are still back somewhere in the preschool to child parent raising stage, and uh, you know, you just, you, you can't keep parenting your kid as a preschool parent when you've got a teenage kid, but I see lots of parents who do that, and a lot of parents will, you know, they get a teenager, the parent will say, well, I don't know what happened to my child, they, they were wonderful little kids, and now they're obnoxious and rebellious, and what happened to them. And of course, there's lots of things that can happen to them. But sometimes when I look at the parents, I realize, well, you're, you're, you know, God was trying to initiate some new things into the way you parent now that you've got teenagers or middle schoolers or college age kids, but you've not kept up. You're not, you're not growing. You're not moving forward with that. So you're outdated and your kid needs an adult parent now. And 
you're still treating them like a, a child parent. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot, lot of applications to that. Uh, but, um, and, you know, and the hard thing for a lot of us is letting go. When winter sets in, you know, your child's ready to go off to college or child's getting married or, uh, you know, certain seasons are coming to a close. Um, sometimes we, we, we enjoyed it so much. It's so hard to let it go. And, uh, my wife was an awesome stay at home mom, but uh, our last, our baby moved out a few months ago and uh, oh. she would have been grieving and saying, well, what's my purpose here? I've, you know, I've, my purpose has been raising our kids and now they don't seem to need me anymore. Uh, and I've had to say, but you know, every time God brings a winter into your life, you know, there's another springtime and there's going to be a whole new season in your life where now you eventually you're going to have grandkids. You're going to be relating to adult children. You're going to have some freedom to perhaps invest in other people and ministries. It's a, it's a new time. Don't, don't just grieve about the past. That's no more. Keep your eyes open for the next springtime that God inevitably brings into every person's life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we just have one minute left. I don't know where the time went. It, that was just crazy because there were so <laughs> many things. We still wanted to talk about uh, you have the book, The Inspired Leader, as well as a book that you and your daughter are working on called Off Course. Um, and that is something I definitely want to to pick up. So in in 15 seconds, can you tell us when that book would be <laughs> coming out? <laughs> Uh, off course, it'll be coming out probably at the end of this year. We're just we're actually just doing the final draft. It's the first time I've written with my daughter, and uh, that's that's been just an awesome experience. Uh, when your kids see what you've done and they embrace it and say, "I want to do that too," and, that uh, it'll is, be different. It's that we that is amazing. My, my brother and I wrote a book called uh, ex, "We wrote a book called Experiencing God at Home" last guys. year. I am so sorry. Our challenge in uh, oh, that's right. Desire to experience God and impact our world for Christ. Thank you so much, Richard, and we will talk again. We're going to oh, thank you. Thank you for being again. a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. <laughs>